welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Today, we're covering everyone's favorite super spy, James Bond. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. I should have said, I'm Slater, Zach Slater. Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit me now as we were doing the intro. Oh, well, yeah. no problem. Um, right. Anyway, so in two days... Uh, We will see the release of No Time to Die in the U.S., the highly anticipated 25th Bond movie, and Daniel Craig's final outing as 007. So, we thought we would celebrate Bond to coincide with the film. As many of you might know, James Bond was created by author Ian Fleming in 1952 with his spy novel, Casino Royale. Maybe some of you know the character from the books, but more than likely, you've probably first encountered the character in one of the films, the first one being Dr. No, starring Sean Connery in 1962. So, guys, Bond, first encounter, first movie. Frank, you want to go first? Sure. Um, it was the first time. My dad was a fan. I remember that. And they used to run those movies on, like, the Sunday night like ABC movie of the week or whatever. Right. So, I remember seeing, what was the first one? Um, hmm. Like, Thunderball, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking if it would be, or, or the spy. Maybe was, I think it might have been the spy who loved me. I think that might have been the yeah. first one, really, because I don't think it was. Okay. I don't think it was a, a Sean Connery. I'm pretty sure it was a Roger. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would have. To, I'd okay. say I'd go with that one. I'll go with the spy who loved me. Okay, it's quite possibly the same for me. Mm-hmm. I remember it being the Roger Moore ones, probably because right. like those are the ones I responded to more as a kid because they mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. they had the wackier gadgets. Right. They had like, yeah. they had the, the stuff going on and then it might've been, um, spy love me because of the car. I can remember the car, mm-hmm. the underwater car. Yes. So it was what probably was that, one the of Lotus? those. Yeah. The Lotus. Yeah. Was that the Lotus? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the one it was. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Cause, cause those are the ones I definitely would have, like, I remember watching more as a kid were the Roger Moore ones. Okay. Tommy, what about you? Moonraker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah everybody, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Jaws, I never forgot mm. him as an adversary, and he was always enigmatic. Like, it was just weird to me how him having sharp teeth was his deadly threat. You know, I just it was right. just, but it was just. I mean, Roger Moore was just smooth. I don't know. It was just. I don't know. Sean Curry was just weird to me at that particular time. <laughs> you know, that's just. I get I get it when I'm older, but at the time, my first outing would be Moonrake with Roger Moore, and it was I remember what Frank was saying too. On um, I want to say ABC, they would show an abridged or you know elongated yep. version with the commercials, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I went to movie theaters in 1979 and watched Moonraker. It was <laughs> it was <laughs> right that it was aired on ABC probably like five years later, or God knows yeah. how much longer, in which you know I got to sit down and watch it without the, you know, heavily, what well, heavy edit. Right. And um, being enamored with the space scenes and the, you know, the false space and him just stopping stuff. It was, I thought it was cool, especially the space stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of overlap here for us. That's funny. That's interesting. <laughs> didn't know, didn't know about this. So, so um, mine is, is one of those situations where Frank, like you said, like my dad was into Bond. Right. You know, and I don't really recall like how I, like first learned of the character. It's just one of those things. Like I just knew about it. 
Mm. Right? Like, like you know what I mean? It might it might have been like a Muppet Babies episode, quite frankly. <laughs> okay. You know, that it might have been. It just it, it might have been one of those things where like I've seen it spoofed a million times before I actually watched it. Right, a little baby you know? Kermit in a tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, probably yeah. something. I don't know if that if that's a thing, but I'm, I can I mean, picture it. It sounds though. like it would have been. Yeah, it should have been if it wasn't. <laughs> right, I can picture it. I sure can picture it. But um, I I, w- I was way into James Bond Junior. as a kid. Whenever yeah, that okay. came out, like I want to say like '91. Right, and that's sort of like where it started. I was really, really into that show. I, I, you know, I loved the gadgets in that show and and the bad guys. Um, and in kind of an interesting in that thing of that show was like, you know, Bond never showed up, but there was like one episode I remember where you're following in the footsteps of him, like, like junior ends up, who's his nephew, right, um, right. junior ends up like, like on an Island that bond was like there also like very recently. And so it's tease, like, are you going to see him? Hmm. Right. Like, mm. is this going to be the episode where he guest stars? But, you know, he never did. But so that uh, was that was where where I got where I start, first started getting into it and like, you know, bought the toys, mm. wanted the rocket watch toy that they had never got it. But uh, <laughs> um, so so that'll take me to the spy who loved me, because that's when like TBS would do like, you know, like the 21 days of Bond. Right. And stuff like that. And they would show like all the movies and and the spy who loved me was always the one I was seeking out because that was the first one where Jaws was in it. Okay. And Jaws was my favorite bad guy as a kid. <laughs> how, how many did he appear in? Do you know? He's in two. So he's in Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. he kind of gets a, you know, spoiler. He gets a moment of like, oh, you know, it's, it's being a hench, henchman or whatever is not all it's cracked up to be. And then right, right. I guess he, I don't know if he retires with at the end of, <laughs> of Moonraker or not. So, yeah. That was the one same same thing, like exact same thought of, uh, you know, Tommy and, and Clifton where you got like I responded to Roger Moore as a kid mm-hmm. and, you know, like Moonraker. I, I say to everybody, when you're nine, Moonraker's awesome. It is. <laughs> right. Like it's, <laughs> it's the best great. one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like an 80s cartoon, but with real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um. You know, and the coolest sounding bad guy ever, Drax. Oh, yeah. man. It's the best. Yeah. Yes. So that that's all of our origins. So like, so what do you guys like about about the the character, the series? Like, like, what do you respond to? I mean, it always seems like the world's on the brink. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which is, all, you right. know, which is always a cool thing. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, not that I not that I don't think, you know, spies and spycraft is important. Obviously, it is. But it's one of the things where every time. If you're calling James Bond, the world's probably at stake, <laughs> you know, so it's always the scope of those things are always huge. Um, the gadgets are always cool. Right. Um, locales, set pieces, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it's one of those things for me where like I. There's a language to a Bond movie, which I mm-hmm. think is really, really cool. Like it's very it's it's one of the few things where I, I like that it's formulaic. Right. Mm hmm. I think that that, that there's there's something kind of amazing about the fact that they're able to do 25 of these and it's been going on for almost 60 years and they've changed really very little like they're like, you know, while at the same time, like you could see their evolution and how they've they've changed a little bit over the over the years. But I like sort of that when one comes out, it's like. I like how how 
I like I like being curious. How are you going to try and surprise me? And how are you going to try and make this one a fulfilling one to to watch while still playing within the very, very tight parameters that is a Bond movie? Mm-hmm. Right. If that makes sense. Sure. Right. I mean, I think the main thing about that, I think, is the fact that it's just, you know, uh, they're. They are very formulaic, but they're also generally tend to be. I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of like an event movie that's not designed to be an event movie. It's basically designed mm-hmm. to entertain, but at the same time, it's part of a formula and a series. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. For me, like I liken it to like if you're a Law and Order fan, right? Like it, it's like that to me. I think mm-hmm. like like I, I very very similar vein where like every episode of that is is you know, follows this strict formula and, and that doesn't deviate really ever. And yet every episode is still somehow fulfilling to watch, even though like, <laughs> you, you know, you know, the beats, right? Right. Yeah. You know what you're going to get every time you go in, you know exactly what yeah. you're going to get from a bond movie every time you go in and, and like you're still go back every time to see mm-hmm. what's the flavor going to be this time on this thing. I know exactly like this thing I love. Yeah. And s- and somehow, and, and, and there's kind of like a, rev- like the formulaic aspect kind of has a reverse effect on me where at a certain point you've done it so long. Like I start to be impressed by the fact that you, you've, you know, you've held on to this formula for so long and are right. working in it and, and I'm still enjoying it. Like, you know, right. I'm just as excited about this last movie, <laughs> you know, right. as I was when. You know, when when, you know, there's always a bit of buzz and there's always a bit of like extra sort of like umph around these movies when when new somebody new steps up to the mm. to the role. Right. Right. You know, and it's like, you know, here we are, the, the you know, the last one. And and I can't wait. I can't wait right. for it. You know, so it started 60 years ago. Is that when the first movie was? What year was the first? Almost 59. Okay. We're at 59 this year. And what's yeah. crazy is Daniel Craig has been bond for a quarter of that time he's been what 15 years now i think is what i read in a list the other day Mm -hmm. yeah for five for five movies he's had he's had um there because there was and this is the funny thing too because clifton i remember you and i saw skyfall together right yep and it's one of those where like i did not realize how much of a gap there was between uh like specter and this movie Oh yeah, yeah. Spectre. I feel like I feel like is like right after Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a little bit of you know there's you know, um, that's actually a pretty f- fast turnaround for them. There's that, that was what two years, three years, or something like that. But yeah, you know, Spectre. This one is a long, long break. Right. <laughs> it was like six years, and I I feel like Spectre just came out. Yeah, I mean that's, that's true. Weirdly. Part of part of the delay this time is is you know unrelated to them. It is the world conditions delayed it a little bit, so that padded that mm-hmm. a little bit and padded Daniel Craig's run a little bit. But still, that's a mm-hmm. long that's a long time and a long run and a right, long gap yeah. between these. So I, I one of the things I want to get into is um, how he's changed a little bit over the years, right? Because like I've started getting way into bond in the last year or so um you know i've just watched like a a bunch of them you know while we were in lockdown and stuff like that you know my brother has the set i borrowed a bunch of them you know and because like i had never until this year seen any of the connery ones so it's been kind of fun Mm. to sort of like go through the connery ones and sort of see like like where i 
where I said like the evolution comes from. We're like, you know, like we we always think about like the um the pre-credit sequence, the pre-credit like action action sequence. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's kind of like a big part. And one of the things I look the most forward to when I go to see one of these Bond movies and everything. But it's interesting to see like, you know, that that doesn't start until like Goldfinger, really, which is mm-hmm. the third movie, right. you know? And it's fun just to sort of see also like, you know, just like, oh, like this is the first time he says Bond, James Bond, which is actually <laughs> the first movie. But but to be perfectly honest, like, you know, that was one of those things that I thought was was like was a mandate. Like, it's got to be in every movie. Right. And upon rewatching it, I'm like, this really isn't in the movies as much as you would think it is. OK. <laughs> when know? was the first time he said is shaken, not stirred? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. We got to look that one up. I have not paid attention to that. <laughs> it's a good bit of trivia. We'll find out. It is a good bit of trivia. Yeah. We'll look into it. So, but I think also among the things that have changed, and this is kind of the elephant in the room, I do want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, like the 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 treatment of women yeah. mm-hmm. in these movies, which I think is an important, it is an important thing to 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 bring up and to talk about and to and to acknowledge that there are some attempts to to, you know make this better because like you know i i watch the connery movies and and you know and i like a great deal of them but there are a lot of scenes in these movies that are very problematic today right. for sure you yeah, know yeah yeah and um you know and it's just like it's it's just one of those you know i was listening to an interview with daniel craig with like gq or something like that and somebody asked him about it and he was like he was like you know the thing is he's like for me as an actor, what I try to do is I, I never try to like, he never tries to judge the character he's playing too much. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's one of the things I, I that attracted me to Mon was that like, he was a flawed person and he had all the, all these issues and, and think, but he was like, one of the ways that they try to address it is that they try to make the female characters in the new ones, like as three dimensional and as like important to the plot as possible. And not just sort of like, you know, Burn candy. Right. Like, yeah, arm candy, as, yeah. as as was the case in some of the er- earlier movies. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing for the longest time was the idea of, well, who's who's the Bond girl or who's the Bond gal, gals or girls mm-hmm. in the movie? That was the thing for the longest time. Like, that mm-hmm. was, you know. Um, and it's also one of those things where a lot of times that the, the if I remember correctly, a lot of the Ian Fleming, like, either the, the, the either short stories or the books themselves were previewed in like playboy like i think that was a thing yeah, that happened okay. for a long time so that was tied to that as mm-hmm. well it's true yeah i tripped over that too which i don't think is the case anymore i don't really think that that's mm-hmm. you know how things are done i don't think there's associations there at all i don't believe <laughs> right but yeah i think it's definitely a, a shift away from just being like you said just being kind of window dressing and bond does whatever he wants <laughs> and there's no mm-hmm. You know, you know, you basically had mannequins for a long time. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, or, or victims, right? A lot of women, a lot of the characters are, are end up being, you know, the, 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 the plot device, or they end up being a traitor, or they end up being just, you know, someone who's unfortunately gets, you know, in the way of whoever's Bond's trying to get to. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I do feel like, did a change there happen with the Pierce Brosnan ones? Because that's when they brought in uh, Halle Berry and Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. they were trying to make them more proactive, more like on par with him and not just, you know, like the decoration. 
Well, here, I mean, Halle Berry at one point, I thought they were, they were, weren't they talking spinoff? Like they were going to say, oh yeah, her character is definitely a thing and it's going to be her own set of movies. And I mean, I don't remember, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me. I do remember that being yeah. a really big deal that she was in it. There was a lot of talk, a lot of talk of, of Jinx getting her own spinoff series. Like it was kind of like, I, I don't, I don't quite, I don't quite know what happened, but yeah, I mean, um, Brosnan was sort of, um, one of the one of the attempts i think to sort of like modernize like like the 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 feminism aspects of it i'll say right because it's also mm. like that's like judy dench shows up for the first time as m yeah in that's a in a brosnan movie in goldeneye in his first one right and and i was re-watching goldeneye just to like prep for the show a couple months ago and one of the things that like her first interaction with with bond it's like she she flat out says like you're sexist you're chauvinistic and and like in addresses like how aggressive how aggressively he comes on the women always right you know <laughs> and and i just thought i was like i just like watching it because i had forgotten about that moment because i hadn't seen the movie in a long time and i'm just like whoa that's awesome mm-hmm. the year like like in 95 <laughs> right well, you I mean, know? well prior to i mean prior to that you have like you have women that are sort of his equal and like sort of get the comeuppance mm-hmm. of him or whatever. And then they end up together. And I think the only character that's consistently like, eh, I know what you're about is money penny for the longest time. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, otherwise every other woman is like, you know, he he's, you know, he's super suave and therefore it's a done deal. Or mm-hmm. like I said, you have money penny who's just like, Oh James, you know, I'll flirt with you, but I know full well at the end of the day, you're, you're you. Right. But yeah, Judy Dench, I think it might, I, I was, I didn't really, I had forgotten that she was that far back. So I would think, yeah, that's probably the first place you really get, you know, a lot of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We let, we all love James Bond, but at the same time, you know, it can't coexist with the way the, the modern sensibility, the way it did in the sixties, which was the right. sensibility at the time. It was, it was much a different, yeah. much a different time than, you know, than in the nineties or now. Well, and he, and he just like, you know, and and he just like at times in some of the movies just like outright forces himself on the onto the, some of the women. Sure. Right. You yeah. know, and and uh, which, you know, which is obviously gross and disgusting. And, I don't, and right. And I don't say you know, sure. And, like, and, well, and of I, was, I wasn't a movie fan. I wasn't a movie fan in 62. <laughs> right. So right. so I don't know. I don't know how that how right, it please. was. Sure. How it was played or how or what the what the thought of it was you know i mean like i like i know watching it like he's always like very kind of cheeky about it i think the attempt is that it's supposed to come off as charming and playful in a way but i'm just right. like I'm like man like that's well i mean that's I think aggressive as hell <laughs> well i, th- I think it, but i also think it's one of those things for the time and again when i say sure that he forced himself on women i'm not saying like sure like that's what the character should have done i'm saying like sure mm-hmm. like at the time i'm sure it was part of his character that he was a take charge kind of guy in a situation that was physical with like bad guys, you know? So therefore mm. why wouldn't he quote unquote be a, you know, a take charge kind of guy with, with the, whatever woman was in the movie with him. Mm. Um, I, I'm again, I'm not, a, I'm not approving of it or saying that it was something that should be. I'm just yeah, saying, no, you know, I think that was the mindset of, of, you know, of the guy, the people creating the stuff. So. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, some of that stuff is not aged you know, very, very well at all, but, um, right. you know, but, some, but, there are, but there, some of the stuff in the old ones are, 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 you know, still hold up, you know, like I, I still hear it all the time where people are like, no one's going to be better than, than Connery. Right. <laughs> you know? And, sure. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, there's, there's a, uh, there's an at ease 
quality that I feel like he he had that I think the other ones did not. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, he he sort of. I mean, in a way, a lot of ways, he's kind of like when you're the, when you're. I know he's, he's is he technically the first or is he not the first? I always get that backwards. Was he the first one or is last to be the first? He's the first. He's the first like real attempt. There was like a TV movie, right? And then there's like the Peter Sellers. Where does the Peter Sellers hmm. Casino Royale fit into this? Because this is like people bring this one up all the time, and I've never seen it. I don't remember. Right. right. But yeah, I'm saying yeah. like just the idea of like when you basically get to define the role. It's kind of like, I mean, granted, you know, Connery and most of the things he's like, he's just Sean. I mean, not, not, not that I'm saying he can't act. I'm just saying generally mm. he's, he's such a big presence and he's usually just Sean Connery. So, I mean, that was the way I, and I tell you the way I always took him was like, nope, that's, that's a guy, you know, he's a Tom Cruise of his day, right? Like Tom Cruise, <laughs> not that Tom Cruise can't act, but generally Tom Cruise is a movie star in a, in a movie, not necessarily an actor in a movie. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm, interesting. So for me, Connery was always that presence of like, well, he's larger than life. You know, it's hard to look at him and think anything other than, well, that's Sean Connery. So like I, sh- I couldn't see Sean Connery being a character actor, right? right. <laughs> like I just see him being like, well, this is he's. But I, that's my thing. I think he just generally would be um, when you're defining the role, there's a certain freedom that you can do whatever you want. And anyone else is going to be judged by the fact that you were the first one, mm-hmm. whether it's meant to be that way or not. Yeah, I think. One of the important things that doesn't get quite talked about enough, in my opinion, I think, is um, the first one, Dr. No, was directed by uh, Terrence Young. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, to me, I feel like doesn't get enough of the credit for being an important influence to the character in the series, right? Because supposedly the idea was is that when Connery got cast, Connery was still kind of like very rough around the edges, mm-hmm. right? And, um, didn't know a whole lot about suiting. Like it wasn't his thing, right? Mm. Like he was just, you know, just, you know, a little bit more of a rugged, rugged guy. And Terrence Young apparently was the director was one of those guys that was very much into menswear, into suiting, into like, you know, and the story has it is that like he took Connery to his personal like tailor and had suits made for him and was like, and kind of like was very instrumental, like this is the way that this guy would, would be right. And, and supposedly one of the things that he had told him was, um, he said, when he got his first suit to Connery to, to put it on and sleep in it. <laughs> right. Because mm-hmm. it wanted, he was like, he felt like that that would sort of give him the feel that like, it's supposed to, it's something he wears and something he's into, but it's also, it's like, it's very natural on him. Like, you know, like, like it's, it's a second skin. It's not, it's not, um, it's, he's not stuffed into it, right? It's it's a, mm-hmm. it's a choice that he makes, yeah. which I thought was very very interesting. And so, when you look at Doctor No, and and he did because he did he did three of the first four. The only one he didn't do was Goldfinger. But it's like you look at like the style of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Terrence Young gets you know is nowhere near the credit that he deserves for for like what we know as the Bond movie. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds very Kingsman. That'll be yeah. taking him to go get his suit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That, that right, <laughs> no, you're that, right. That, it does. That, that, that he's very, yeah, that, uh, that uh, Sean Connery is eggsy. <laughs> right. <laughs> going, going to get his suit with his director. Yeah. Because he's too rough around the edges to know what to do. So, no, I agree. Right. That's, that's cool. Just I never knew that. him up. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's his potential. Sees that he could be this, you know, this guy or this character or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I, I never knew that. That's really cool that the idea that you're probably yeah. right, that he, he deserves a lot of, 
for what we think of as being Bond. Frank, have you read the novels? I've read some of them. I when I was I, again, it's around the time of when when um, I remember when when I, when I first you know watched a couple of Bond movies. Like I said, like on on ABC, the the Tommy was saying when they're you know they're cut up and suddenly they're three hours long, <laughs> right? Because of commercials, <laughs> it's your whole Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're you're you know you're you're you know you're locked in. But I remember reading a few of the novels. I've read some of them, but I haven't read like the whole thing. Okay. But I've like I remember I picked and choose around to see what I you know to see if things were different or see mm. you know if, if, or and then some of the ones that were just like you know they're they're bond they're bond stuff but it's not written by Ian Fleming so yeah you know, it's like remember, the fir- right. like the further yeah, adventures yeah. of James Bond kind of stuff mm. yeah I remember seeing some of those like in the eighties nineties John Gardner wrote one mm. they've started some comics too I know in the last yeah. I don't know seven years or so. Um, which you know, I've only I've only looked at like preview pages of it and stuff like that. I haven't really picked any of those up, but you know, it's cool. It's cool that you know he's he's moving into other other areas. I'm curious how the formula would work in comics. Well, Marvel like, did, you know, like Marvel you, Marvel did do an adaptation in the '80s of Fear Eyes Only. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, they've done. I mean, it's, it's been around other places, but it's one of those things where, as far as I know, I remember reading. I want to say Don McGregor, who's known for. Um, a lot of what the Black Panther movie was basically his stuff was based on like with Killmonger and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought he, like, I remember he either tweeted something or posted something about how he wrote some bond comics and a lot of like Rami Malek's character in um, no time to die Mm -hmm. is based on what he did. So it's one of those things where a lot of those comics, I'm sure there there's probably a a recent, a more recent collection of them. I just don't know for sure um, when they came out. But the look mm. of his character is definitely the look of the villain that, that Don McGregor creates for this comic. Mm. So, okay, we'll have to look into that and see what that what that's about. Yeah, post a in the notes. So he's had a fair presence. Like the other one was I know that Warren Ellis had done um, some Bond comics within the last five to ten years. Mm. Also, that was the other one that I yep. there was a little okay. bit of buzz buzz around as well. That's the one that I was that I was thinking about. Um, yeah, you know, which again, like I said, I only take a taking a look at some of the preview pages which they are cool i just not gotten around to to you know giving it really like the attention i think it deserves but i am i am curious to see just sort of like like the the like i said the shift in medium mm. are you gonna take because i mean to me no disrespect to to you know the late ian fleming or anything but bond is movies to me mm-hmm. you know like like you know I, I i don't know that i don't know that i've ever seen a bond book in my life Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure, they exist. So, yeah. No, no, no. I know. I, you know, I know. And I, 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 I don't mean to be that crass about it. Uh, you know, because you know, it's this. He, he created this wonderful thing that right. you know that, you know, he himself. Uh, you know, he was a spy himself, which you mm-hmm. know. Um, after he created Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, <laughs> right? Because he, he, I tripped over that today yeah, he, too. Yeah. And Fleming did create Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That is true. Wow. Yep. Very yeah. different. Yeah, a little bit. But they do probably both have flying cars. Has there been a James Bond <laughs> car that flies? <laughs> probably. Probably. But Frank, you brought, you brought up the fact that, that some of the books, you know, at, at least short stories or excerpts of them appeared in Playboy, which I had never known. I tripped over that when we were researching this. The other mm-hmm. thing I tripped over was uh, apparently JFK was a big fan yeah. of the books. Yeah, he was. And, and, um, and talked about it like pretty openly that he was a big fan of the books. And I believe that when it, when that was reported somehow that became public 
And that was like one of the first moments where like the book series started to do like really, really well financially on its own before mm. any of the movies even came out, you know, and right. then, and then, you know, Dr. No comes out, you know, the film and then it's this massive hit. And then, you know, we're off to the races. Right. We talked about like in a, in a previous episode, you know, we were talking about blockbusters, um, you know, and, and from Russia with love is the follow up to Dr. No, it's the second one. And that, I mean, and that looking at that, like I can see, the argument of that being possibly the first <laughs> blockbuster. I mean, typically like, you know, it, Jaws is thought of to be the first blockbuster, right? Mm. you know, right. but Dr. Dr. No was made on like for like $2 million. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like, like the, the, the budget for, from, Ru- from Russia with love was like, you know, orders of magnitude higher, <laughs> <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, just off of the money that Dr. No made and and like you know didn't disappoint like you know from russia with love was also like a massive success uh you know made something like 78 million in the box office then you know mm-hmm. and which is which i think is an important thing that was one of the things i was it was very uh sure to include in our, in the opening of the show to say that no time to die was coming out in the u.s because it's one of those things like bond movies is one of the things that typically opens in the uk first right and like they're big here but they're massive in the uk yeah, they were getting the release first there, right? This for this one. Yeah. And they typically do. I mean, and and that was something that you know, it's just kind of neat. It's just one of those things that that you know, like he's a the, the character's big globally, like way maybe way bigger than we see in the states. Right. And he's pretty darn big here. Yeah. Like, you know. And so he's like a British superhero, really. He's like a British yeah. folk hero. Like he's their, their new modern <laughs> legend. <laughs> He's like their right. Paul Bunyan. Yes. He's, he's their new King Arthur. <laughs> their new King Arthur. Yeah. They're modern King Arthur. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk about the theme song a little bit. All the theme songs. <laughs> no, 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 not, 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 no, 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 I'm talking songs. about the 007 theme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The instrumental, the um, instrumental. Yeah. The instrumental. Yeah. Because. I mean, it's hard. Like, I mean, when I'm thinking about like iconic themes, it's I'm hard pressed to think of one when I really think about it more iconic than this. I mean, I guess it's like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Star Wars and Jaws. Right. Yeah. It's probably, you know, it's, it's one of the most Indiana Jones. Yeah. Indiana Jones, maybe. And then like 60s Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's way up there for sure. And I think it's Bond. Yeah. <laughs> and what I think about. What I think is so cool about it is, and I, I'm I'm warning everybody right now. I'm going to sound dumb right now, but <laughs> what I think that is so cool about it is it's like one of the most efficient themes <laughs> out there, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so much to it that you could just take snippets of it and use it within the movie to accomplish like so many different things, right? Because like you got the like dun 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 dun, that, right? Like that's <laughs> I'm sneaking around. I'm right. sneaky bond. Yeah. Right? right. And then you got the dun 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 dun. Right. You got that. And it's like, okay, something cool is going right. to happen. Like some sly cool is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you know, and then you got the and that's, that's like the F you. I just did something awesome. Right. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, that's mm-hmm. my escape route. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And then you got the, the really short, like, and that's the plot thickens. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've thought about this. Yeah. yeah. And then you get the end, 
the for like Heineken commercials. Yeah, exactly. As intended by Ian Fleming. Exactly. It's so efficient, right? Like, you don't even really need to write more music for the movies. It's just that. It's all in that like three minute theme. You don't need an Adele theme song. No. No. Sorry, I had to do that. My head was going to explode. I had to get that gotcha. out. I did look at Monty <laughs> Norman is the man who composed the James Bond uh, theme. Hey, Monty. <laughs> Good old you just Monty. have to look that up. Uh, English singer and film composer. There you go. Okay. No, it's a terrific, a terrific theme. I wonder if they keep getting them checks every time it plays. Hopefully. Hopefully they do. <laughs> Everywhere. Yes. Because I do remember like at the Oscars and stuff, whenever the actor who played Bond came out, that's the theme that the orchestra mm-hmm. plays. Yeah. Without without oh, yeah. fail. To like to this day. Yeah. I'm you know? I'm sure too, like anytime he pops up on like Fallon, right? <laughs> like Probably. Probably. I don't know? know. Yeah. And it is interesting because it does really have a sixties aesthetic. It does have a sixties style to mm-hmm. the song. It's like a touch surf rock. Yeah, a little bit. Just a touch. But like they've never had to change it. Like it still holds up. Like they've never had yeah. to modernize adapt it. it. I'm sure maybe some of the movies, <laughs> maybe some of the movies have, you know, tried to add like electric, like a little more elect- 80s electric guitar or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the Timothy Dalton ones, but they really like it's still like just as good now as it was when he first composed it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that the difference that I can hear now is it definitely feels more orchestral, mm-hmm. like more big band, right? Like, you know, I, it sounds like that there, that it's like 70 pieces right <laughs> now than, like, than when it was first recorded. Like more horns than it originally had. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit more like, you know, like texture to, to it sounding that way. But yeah, I mean, it's changed not at all, really. Right. Um, but the other thing that I think is kind of an important thing to the formula, uh, and it's not, it's not a plot driven thing necessarily, although it could be, I, I suppose, but. One of the things that I think is kind of fun about it is the product placement. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, this is, I mean, <laughs> the like product like, placement you know, for a lot like, of things none of us could ever afford. Right. Exa- sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm into men's style myself and, you know, I follow a lot of, you know, channels on YouTube that talk about it and like a Bond movie is a big deal. Like in that world, like everybody's just sort of like waiting to comment on, like the fashion in it and the suits mm. and what is he wearing in it right, and, right. and you know and like and what's the omega watch that he has in this one is it like the super bowl they're waiting for the bond movie <laughs> yes. it, it like there, there's there's a website i'm gonna shout out oh. right <laughs> right now it's called bondsuits.com oh okay <laughs> it is a fantastic site if you ever are watching a bond movie and you want to know like what what he's wearing for a specific outfit in a specific scene Okay. Go to bondsuits.com because like you, you could look it up by actor. You could look it up by movie <laughs> and they have all these different things. I mean, like literally, I mean, they break it down so, so much, you know, to, to like to, to little details. Like, like I learned what a cocktail cuff is from this oh. site. You want to know what a cocktail cuff is? Sure. No, you don't. But I anyway, do. I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> cocktail cuffs is like is is the shirt cuffs that Connery wore in the first movie. And oh. Dr. No. Right. And it looks a little bit like it doesn't look like if, if you're looking at your shirt cuff where it's, you know, it's buttoned up or you got cufflinks. Mm. Right. If it's a French cuff shirt. Cocktail cuffs look almost like the cuff is sort of like rolled back a little bit, like almost like you're rolling your sleeves up. 
And this mm. is really, really cool. Look, and, and they have like all these, <laughs> like all these blogs on just like the cuff li- uh, on the cocktail cuff, <laughs> right? Because it's like this thing that like once you know what it is, like it starts popping up and you start oh. noticing and you're like, oh, he's wearing it in this movie. He's wearing it in this movie. The reason I'm bringing it up is because in looking at stills for No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's wearing them in this oh. movie. Oh. And I think I think it's like the first time that 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 he's worn them in any of the movies. I think better alert the media. I, I'd have to go back and look, but but that's kind of one of the interesting things about it that about the Craig movies for me talking about the fashion is that like you you are kind of getting into a point where the movies are starting to homage themselves, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I'll give I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Do you guys remember the poster to Spectre? When it came out, that was when you had Daniel Craig like in the black turtleneck with the gun holsters. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like that's straight out of, I mean, that, that's, that's Roger Moore in Live and Let Die. Like he wore okay. exactly that, uh, you know? Um, and I just think that it's kind of neat that, that, you know, you, you, you pick up on, on that sort of thing when you're on this site. Sometimes you're like, this is the first time you wore polo, you know, <laughs> since this movie. And and like in the time he does it in Casino Royale is kind of a nod to the time they did it the connery did it in thunderball like mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's neat so you just kind of like pick up if you're a bond fan on it so right you know so some of you guys out there will think this is cool and right. you know and for for those that don't i'm a, i apologize for ranting on about <laughs> about shirt cuffs but now you know what a cocktail cuff is everybody <laughs> right. so take yes. that with you yeah i mean and the other thing about the the product placement that you know that you know we, we talked about the lotus in and what was that spy love me is that what we said? Yes. Mm-hmm. The one that went underwater. But I mean, that's another big one too. It's like, you know, when, when BMW came on board for the Brosnan ones, that was a big deal. Yeah. You know, and it was that for a little while until, until die another day comes along and which is when we get like the Aston Martin back. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is how I remembered it. But then rewatching Goldeneye, I'm like, oh, he drives the old Aston Martin in the beginning. But yeah, but I mean, like the, the BMW is the featured one. <laughs> I just think that it's kind of a neat thing to, to just like, like what, what's going to be, what's going to be unveiled right. in these movies, mm-hmm. you know? Do we know what the current car is for No Time to Die? So I know he's driving the Aston Martin. What is that? The DB3? Okay. Which is which is like the one from Goldfinger that right. we see, right? And that, that pops back up in Skyfall. Okay. And, and I think I think at the end of Spectre you see him pick that one back up. And and that one's in the trailers and everything. I don't know what the new one is for for this movie. Um, you know, I I know I know the henchmen are driving a lot of like Land Rovers, it looks like. <laughs> you know, I see a lot I see a lot of Land Rovers flipping over, flipping down hills okay. in one of the trailers. <laughs> Yeah, they don't get as cool cars. No. Well, they're not James Bond. Right. <laughs> well, exactly. Right? Right. It was funny in that interview with, with GQ that I was listening to Daniel Craig and somebody asked him, like, what's his favorite car? And then he's like, he's like, well, he's like, you know, that that one from Goldfinger is the is awesome. He's like, the new Aston Martins are great, too, because they don't break mm. down as often. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's like, there's nothing like driving that old one around when it's working. <laughs> His chase scenes, movie magic. <laughs> His chase scenes don't work out all that well, I guess, in real life. Right? Yeah, calling AAA, <laughs> just waiting on the side of the road. But they look great on film. Mm-hmm. They do. Oh boy, do they! All right. So I know it's a little early. I typically, 
you know, save this towards, you know, the end of the show, but we're going to end sort of like on our, on our lists, on our favorites. We're going to do a whole bunch of these, uh, you know, like favorite movie, favorite card, yada, yada, stuff like that. So, but first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is.com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any ideas for a topic, send them our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. Okay. You guys ready? Yep. What should we start with? Okay. Let's start with... We're going to start with a small one first, and then we'll, go, we'll, we'll work our way up. Favorite Bond song? <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's a tough one favorite song uh wings live and let die oh that's a live and let die paul mccartney <laughs> yep. yep it's a good one okay it is a good one heard it on the radio yesterday which is <laughs> which i think is a thing to point out too it is the one that still gets like constant radio play mm-hmm <laughs> Right, there are good ones. Right. I don't hear, I don't hear the Duran Duran one on the ear on the ra- on the, I, I, the radio ever. Every once in a while, I mean, I do, but I, I listen to uh, to First Wave on XM, so it's a big Duran Duran station. I do hear that one. Okay, you do, really you hear a view to a, a kill on that? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that is yeah. a good one. No, they play it. It gets played every once in a great okay. while. Not, not not as much as the others for sure. So I totally forgotten that Aha did the Living Daylights. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. I totally <laughs> forgotten that until I was just looking yeah. stuff up about it. So they've had three. They had three hit songs. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Tommy, favorite song? Shirley Bass's Goldfinger. Classic, <laughs> of ah, course. Classic. Yeah, yes. Uh, but yeah, killing me, man. Oh my god, how are you not name can about the song? You have Shirley Bass's Goldfinger. Paul McCartney's Live and Let Die. Carly Simon's Nobody mm. Does It Better. Sheena yeah. Easton's mm-hmm. For Your Eyes Only. Of course, A View to a Kill. Yeah, Goldeneye by Tina Turner. Skyfall by Adele. That's a classic mainstay, too. Mm. If you're getting a Bond film, you're getting a songstress doing a song, paying homage to the character every time, and they almost kill it mm-hmm. without fail. Tom Jones did one. I'm forgetting which one it was. Tom Jones, he... He might have been Thunderball. Sounds about right. Or was he only lived twice? Can't remember. He was Duck Dodgers. No. <laughs> that was great, Duck. Yeah, yeah. It's a great theme song too, but that's not the one. No. So, but Tommy, you're you're going with Goldfinger. Yeah, but Thunderball is Tom Jones. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Goldfinger's a good one. Tough to beat, Frank. What's yours? Uh, Fear Eyes Only by Sheena Easton. Okay. I love that one. I'm also partial to a more recent one, which is um. The world is not enough by garbage. Okay, I, yeah. I think that one. It's a good one. I too. forgot about that one I too. Think that one's mm-hmm. great, but yeah. uh, I, like all time, I would have to go with uh, Fear Eyes Only. Okay, yeah. The one that's on my iPod that I listen to the most is the Chris Cornell one from from Casino Royale. I love hmm. it. I absolutely love it. But, but I got to give it to Tina Turner on this one. I got to go with Goldeneye. <laughs> really. I, uh yeah, I love the Golden Eye one. I think okay. it's so good. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't remember that song. I don't either. That was why I was like, really? I don't I could I couldn't if you had me if I had to sing it to save my life, I couldn't hum any of it. Oh really? I'll check it yeah. out. Okay. I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> we'll put some of those up, some of the like the you know, the YouTube clips of, of the you know, the whacked out weird psychedelic like 
opening credits with the song. I mean, I'm looking at a list and there's others like, I mean, like Tommy covered the good ones. Tommy covered the great ones. Mm, yes. But then there's, there's others like, like Jack White and Alicia Keys, Another Way to yeah. Die. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. No, not at all. I saw that <laughs> too. I was like, um, they were Quantum of Solace. Uh, that's why I don't I remember. remember that, was, and, <laughs> that explains and it. They were, I believe Amy Winehouse was supposed to do it originally. Mm. And I think maybe even recorded a track, but for whatever reason, they ended up, you know, seeking out Jack White and Alicia Keys to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, the Cheryl Crow one's not bad, Clifton. Okay. I don't remember. I just don't remember. The it. world, was it The World Is Not Enough? Uh, tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, The World's Not Enough is garbage. Okay, yeah. Yeah. No, Cheryl Crow one is a good one, too. I like it. Yeah. I, I like it. it. You know what? This wasn't, this wasn't on my list, but I'm curious. I'll throw it out there. Um, uh, best singer or band to do a Bond song that's never done one before. Do you guys have a vote? Oh, no. It would have to be like a popular thing now because it's always it's always the flavor of the moment. Like whenever they do. Them. Which is why like it's Billie Eilish that's doing the one right. for for the new film. Yeah, she's very in the moment. Yeah. I th- I think they kind of I think they missed their moment. I think it would have been a, a you know a couple years ago, probably you know maybe even ten years ago at this point. Uh, still would have been Daniel Craig, but I think the Killers should do one. I think <laughs> yeah. the Killers would be an awesome right. would do an awesome Bond song. <laughs> It'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So sorry about that. Wasn't planning on that one, but you right, know I figured right. like yeah, let's bring it up. Let's yeah. bring it. Up. Let's, let's see what happens. All right. So. Song out of the way. All right. Favorite gadget. Like the, like the gadget he carries on his person. Like one of the things Q mm-hmm. gives him that he can like hide away. Yes. This can't be a car. You right. can't name not, a car as the gadget. Not the big vehicles. Right. Right. Huh. Mm. But it can be the rocket pack from Thunderball if you choose. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does carry that technically. Does he have like a laser pen at one point? He's a laser watch, doesn't he? Laser watch. That's he right. Because it cuts him out of ropes. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the watch. I like that. That's what I would take. <laughs> I like the laser watch too. <laughs> it's hard to beat. It is tough to beat. But I think I have a different one. But I do love it though. That's that's my that's my honorable mention. My my runner up. Is that your choice, Frank? No, that's that's Clifton. Okay. I like the watch. I was just trying to think. Tommy, do you have one while Frank is thinking? Oddballs bowler hat. <laughs> okay, nice. It was just cool. It, it that thing sliced statues. Are you kidding me? Stone. Yeah, stone. Yeah, yeah it went it like like butter. I, I know it's yeah. not mm-hmm. bonds, but Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Better duck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I've got mine. Okay, I'm gonna go with the 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 missile in the leg cast thing that Q has in Goldeneye. <laughs> right i just think it's so absurd and cool at the same time yeah (laughs) you know like i don't know what situation bond would have to be in to have like a a fake cast on his leg (laughs) but the idea that there's a missile launcher in it is pretty cool right so that's what i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with so uh, uh in you only live twice q comes down to comes over to japan with it with a crew of guys and they assemble like him a single seater like helicopter mm-hmm. 
complete with like missiles and some machine guns. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you remember like the old like uh, like Bill Finger, like Bob Kane, Batman ones where you see him like in in, the, in like you know basically a helicopter that's a reclining chair. Only, oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right with <laughs> like bars. Like, it's like, like that. It's like, like the right. like a whirly bat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's my favorite one because ah. it's like it was it was absurd, but it's so much fun. And then they and they had a dogfight sequence. Um, <laughs> all right, Tommy, you brought up odd job. Let's go with uh, best villain. Oh, or Goldfinger is the quintessential villain. He's tough to beat too. Any reason? Yeah, man. No, he's just the archetype. Um, you've seen okay. him all the time in um parodies, um menacingly i mean hell you shouldn't have beat him <laughs> he got away several <laughs> times but he was the one that he couldn't catch he was the one that was reappearing um all the rest of them are uh villain of the week but goldfinger's the one to um to escape from or he's the he's the he's the son of a bitch that uh never quit trying to destroy the world man or goldfinger plus that's a cool theme song Yes, <laughs> very much. All right, Frank Clifton. I mean, I always go with the, like, I don't remember the villains as much as I remember their henchmen, like Jaws and, and Aja. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the ones right. I gravitate to. So I'll go with Jaws. I like Jaws. I'll go with okay. them. Even more so than like Blofeld or some of the others. It's just more memorable to me. Yeah. Frank? I'm going to go with Hugo Drax. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Hugo Drax because when I when I think about Hugo Drax, I mix him up with uh, was it Maxim- Maximilian Shell who was in Black Hole? Okay, in my mind, those two oh, those two kind of like are the same character to me. I don't know right. why that is, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I like you know it's Drax is a, you know it's a hard to beat a name for a villain, and I, you know I like I remember I remember again when I'm watching those ABC movies, like yep, that's the guy, that's the villain for sure. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a tough one because, yeah, you're. I was including the henchmen in on in for all this. Too. So if, you know, if you want to say Batista as I forget his name, what was it Hinks or something like that from from Spectre? You know, right. those those guys stand out a little bit more. Jaws, Jaws yeah. might be my favorite. I think I'm gonna go with Jaws, <laughs> but I will do. I will do. I do want to give some uh some love to Javier Bardem. In Skyfall, because mm-hmm. Silva, Silva was like one of the ones that I think I like I can. Like, I remember his deal, like, you know, right. like kind of like Goldfinger in that way. We're like, like Goldfinger. I remember the plot. Right. Also, like, but Silva, like, I remember the plot of, of Skyfall because of him. Yeah. I think. And I just think that it was he was just such a charismatic bad guy and, and right. it felt like and felt like a stepping up in like, oh, wow. OK, we're going for. Like we're going for like marquee name bad guys <laughs> now, you know what I mean? Which which yeah. hadn't really been which hadn't been a thing in a while, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know. And what I think of again is uh, Goldeneye, uh, Xenia on a top. Yeah, sure. Yeah, is like a femme fatale. Like it bridges that like femme fatale to villain because she is menacing and like she is dangerous and it was interesting at the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, Famke Jansen was her. Oh, if that's the case, then I'll go with, yeah, I'll go with Mayday, if that's the case. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. All right. Let's do best car. (laughs) That's easy. 
Oh, I didn't care. Okay. I wasn't a gearhead. <laughs> the underwater car. The Aston Martin, right? That was a Lotus. No. Is yeah. the Lotus? The oh, Lotus. Okay, yeah. the Lotus then. Mm-hmm. All right, then I'll go with that one. Mm. That's my choice. I mean, that's what you're going to steal from me. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you can have the same favorite car. Yeah, that's true. It is. A, I mean, that's, that's of course. One. There's also the, uh, like, what was he flying? There's an Aston Martin V8 in Living Daylights, which is one of the Timothy Dalton ones that mm-hmm. I like. He takes yeah. it in the snow. Yep. That it's is a, good a one nice too. car. Yeah. Coming back in this movie. The V8 Vantage, yeah. The V, yeah. The v, yeah, which I think is really cool. I'm like, oh wow, the V8's getting some love in this movie. I th- like, <laughs> I guess there, I guess enough time had passed where people are looking back at that car, going like, that thing was really nice looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked it. I liked that one a lot when I was a kid too. I was like, I want to yeah. drive that car. Tommy, what's yours? Oh, I didn't care. I wasn't a <laughs> car person. Uh, all I cared uh, to me, the the thing that tickled me the most was the uh, the names of the uh, Bond women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, the cars, I didn't care. I mean, he, he didn't last long enough for me to enjoy them. <laughs> but no, I never really cared about the car aspect. So I'm going to I'm gonna give, uh, again, I have an honorable mention. I'm going to go with the Sunbeam Alpine, which is what uh, he drives in Dr. No while he's on, when he's on Jamaica. Okay. Uh, he's on the island of Jamaica. Uh, it's just a beautiful looking car. It's just, you know, it's the first movie. They didn't, they, you know... They weren't using the Aston Martin yet, or and it's just it's a car that I just think it's just this like nice little, you know, convertible like two door like little sporty looking car that's just like it's awesome. Like it would turn heads if you saw it on the road now. I think it's just you know really really neat looking. But mm-hmm. the, I'm gonna go with um, the BMW from Tomorrow Never Dies as my okay. favorite car, um, which it's not as good a looker as. The Aston Martin V8, like we were talking about, some of the other ones that have come up. But it does have like one of my favorite action sequences ever. And that's yeah. the moment. So if you remember Tomorrow Never Dies, that's the moment where he had um the phone. Q gave him the phone that like you could flip you could flip open and mm-hmm. it had like a mouse pad on it and he could drive oh, yeah. the car in the parking with- garage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that parking garage sequence where he's in the back seat of the car and he's ducking down because of all right, the gunfire, yeah. but he's driving the car, right? right? And like that car just had so many cool gadgets. Where like they dr- he drives over the spikes and then the the tires like reinflate. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that bit. That's such I I to this like tomorrow never dies. I think is one of those that doesn't get a ton of love. Um, and I think that the bad guy is like not quite there. Um. For for what he's doing, but I think but Tomorrow Never Dies has so many cool moments mm. like that. I think you know that sequence is great. The 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 motorcycle sequence with Michelle Yeoh where they're handcuffed mm-hmm. right. and they're like and you know and and they're and she's like switching sides. So like sometimes she's riding on the front, sometimes she's behind him, and like <laughs> you know it's such an awesome awesome bit. It wasn't until I was looking back at some of the others, like he got some muscle cars too along the way. Mm. <laughs> like I didn't remember the mm. muscle cars because he had like there was uh, Diamonds Are Forever had a Mustang Mach One, mm-hmm. and George Lazenby in uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service got a Mercury Cougar XR7, which is a nice car. I would yeah. take that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's see what we have up next. Okay. Favorite 
pre-credit action sequence. Favorite opener? Hmm. I have a a least favorite. (laughs) Okay. I think it was the opener. It's been a while since I've seen it. Was the opener to A View to a Kill a scene with the, like, the snowboarding scene set to the Beach Boys song? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't (sighs) gotten to this one yet. I haven't gotten to (laughs) this. I think it's that there is a there is a uh, a James Bond James. I feel like it was an opening scene. I may be wrong on that, but there was mm-hmm. a James Bond scene set to California Girls, where he's basically snowboarding, like with a uh, the front ski that had come off of a broken snowmobile, mm. and, okay. and people are chasing him, and they're playing California Girls by the Beach Boys, and that one is is not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> I'll try to find out more information on that one. I feel like it was viewed to a kill, though. Okay, so that's your least but, favorite. That's my least favorite. I just wanted yet? to put that in there because I okay. have weird memories of that one. <laughs> I think it was real. I think it was real. Frank, Tommy, you guys ready? What's the one where he's in the helicopter? Where Roger Moore's in the Recent helicopter? One? No, it's oh, Roger, Roger Moore. Moore in the helicopter. Yeah. Is it Spy Who Loved Me as well? Does it end with him in the, like... Union Jack parachute. Union Jack parachute. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. This saying. one is oh, the yeah. one where he's he gets on the helicopter, like the the pilot gets killed by remote, and then he has, Bond has to figure a way to take you know take control of the helicopter. Not ringing a bell. Hold I'm on. sorry. Hold on. <laughs> he's watching all of them now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do like I do remember Casino Royale's opening being. Ah, like much mm, more visceral okay. and rough than we were used to. I love that one too. That right. was awesome for James Bond. Yeah. I think. No, that's a good one. I mean, it was a, it was a really good intro for Daniel Craig to be like, "This is going to be different." Yeah, it is a good one. Now, the one I'm thinking of is from from Fear Eyes Only, where he gets on the helicopter. It's a guy with a who's the guy in the wheelchair with a cat. Oh man, you're making me go to my phone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, there's the any the the long story of it. He gets the guy the. the I believe so. Yeah, the pilot gets killed by remote, gets like shocked or whatever. Uh, Bond is, is to find a way to go out and you know get take re, take recontrol of the helicopter. And then in the end, the great bit is he scoops him up off this roof while he's like run, like this motorized wheelchair is trying to get away from the helicopter. And Bond just and he scoops him, him up the, with yeah, and then dumps yeah, him in, dumps the, him in the smokestack. Um, smoke yeah. That was Blow Blofeld in that one. He was he was he's he's still that late. Dies. Wow. He kills him okay. at the beginning yeah. of the Interesting. movie. Interesting. Yeah. I gotta re- I gotta get into some of the Roger Moore ones again because I, yeah. I haven't rewatched a lot of those since I was a kid. Because it's kind of a North um, by Northwest shot of him like over the like like the wheel of if I remember correctly the wheel of the wheelchair <laughs> trying to get away from this helicopter. It's like nope, nope. Bond's gonna right. scoop you up and dump you in a smokestack. So okay, Tommy, did you go? No, I was gonna say uh, Skyfall. Okay, the one where he gets shot. Motorcycle chase. Nice yeah. uh, onto the roof of a moving train where he really should have died. Mm-hmm. The one where many punnies trying to uh, shoot shoot afar with a sniper rifle. That one, mm-hmm. when she hits Bond. Mm. I just thought it was cool the fact that he got hit as opposed to the person that it was supposed to. It shows him as being a little bit more fallible than usual. Mm-hmm. So Skyfall. I like. I'm gonna go with Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. I like I like to open the Goldeneye a lot. One because it was an awesome level to play. In the in the N sixty four Goldeneye game, so 
you know, so if anybody out there was just like waiting for when that was going to come up and just like, what are they going to talk like, here, here we go. I was <laughs> we had to bring it, it up somewhere. Yeah, I was yeah, waiting of course. for it. That <laughs> was a fantastic game. It was a, it was a, such a fun game, but yeah, that was, that was a fun level to play, but that was, a, it's just, it's just a, it's just a fun sequence, I think with so much. And it is one of those also where it is like integral to the plot. Too, instead of just being kind of like you know the the last chapter of an adventure that we didn't see, right, right, right. This one, yeah, this one is actually it. It is a prologue in 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 a lot of ways, which I think is cool. So, all right, so uh, we're gonna get to the big ones now. So, okay, so uh, favorite Bond girl. Hmm. There have been a lot of them. <laughs> right. Yes. I have mine. Okay. I would go with uh, Melina. Was it Melina Havelock from Fear Eyes Only? <laughs> I keep coming okay. back to that one. I don't know why, but <laughs> yes, she's one of my favorite, if not my favorite. She also, I also thought she would have been great at the time if they, if you know, if we had an MCU. She would have been an awesome, Electra. Okay, but yeah, she's my choice. His name is uh, Carol okay. Bouquet. I think it's how her name. I think it's pronounced. It's spelled that way. I don't know if it's pronounced that way, but that's who I would go with. Tommy, um, there's three categories <laughs> to look at: Ursula Andress, Honey Rider from Doctor No. Okay. Okay. Name: <laughs> Holly Goodhead from oh, Moonraker. Yeah. <laughs> That's just that just always gets left. <laughs> and I was gonna say, but it's not. I was gonna say Domino Patachi, Kim Basinger, because that was her breakout role. Oh uh, yeah. We don't get her in movies the way she is unless we get her in Never Say Never Again. But personal favorite, probably Grace Jones Mayday. Yeah. <laughs> she she's just yeah. menacing. She looked like she'll kick your ass. It's just that yeah. simple. Yeah. She sure did. Yeah. And that's my choice. And for my choice, I'm gonna go with uh Y Lin, played by Michelle Yeoh in Tomorrow okay. Never Dies. And Okay. The reason is because she can fight better than him. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she kicks more ass than James Bond in that movie. So that was fun to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Total agreement. I like, I like the ones that, that, can, that can kick ass. But um, I think I'm going to go with, with Manny Penny from the, from the new ones. Tommy, okay. like you were saying, like the open of, of, uh, of Skyfall, we're like, she's an agent. She's a field agent now. And I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah, I'm go- I'm going with Many Penny from the from the Craig era. Mm. Okay, so now so we are gonna do what's our favorite movie, and then we will do two more after this. Like favorite James Bond movie of all time. Yep. Mm-hmm. That one's really hard because like there's just pieces I like of all of them. Right. Okay. I can't think of the one that has like the most pieces that I like. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. It made me care. Yeah, it brought me into the franchise mm-hmm. again. Okay. Fun fact, that should have been a Pierce Brosnan movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? What's the name that he did with Halle Berry was that bad that it ended it? I think that was the last one before. Was mm-hmm. it The World Is Not Enough? That was uh, Die Another Day. But Die yeah, that was, that was yeah. the one with Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah, that one wasn't as good as it should have been. So, yes. Casino Royale. Which one was the one with Denise Richards? World is not enough. Okay. Yeah. That one was not good. 
No, that is not my favorite. <laughs> it is, yeah, mm. it's 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 terrible. <laughs> but you remember Christmas Jones, huh? I do remember that. That's that's <laughs> the only thing Christmas I remember. Jones. I remember in the in the open action sequence. There's a moment where he's driving a boat on the street. Yes, you remember Can that, it? like in London. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happened. That's not faulty memory. I remember that specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I blocked that one out. I think I blocked right. that part out. <laughs> but I might go with Goldeneye. I might go with Goldeneye because it's the one that brought okay. me back into James Bond and made me look okay. at it a little differently at the time it came out. So some Pierce Brosnan love there too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go with Moonraker. Really? Yeah. Sticking with it, huh? <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Some Roger Moore okay. love. I'm going to stick with Moonraker. Okay. I know it's not a popular choice. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but again, it's one of those I remember distinctly being like, this is just cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, got in the other Bond stuff. So I'm going to go with that. Tommy, you nailed it for me. It's Casino Royale. All right. I love it. Not, not, just, not just my favorite Bond movie, but like one of my favorite movies of all time. I could watch this movie over and over and over again. Like it's got that parkour sequence mm-hmm. that's just like, you know, I mean, I know some people had seen it on YouTube before then, but I mean, but that was, that was my first like encounter with parkour was like, and and I will never, there are two moments in the theater that I think I will never forget that were just like unique to, to seeing it in the theater. One was the, um, that scene in the first mission impossible where he's, you know, he he's working on the computer and can't touch the floor in the quiet room. Right. Okay. Right. Right. One was that. Yeah. It was just like I was never in a theater like so quiet in my life, and I'll never <laughs> forget that. The other one was the parkour sequence in Casino Royale, and there's that bit where the guy he's chasing jumps onto a pipe and swings, mm-hmm. and like goes through like like one of the skylight, like you know, like the door, the windows that are over the door. He <laughs> right. swings through and open one of those, and I and I heard people in the theater gasp like <gasps> like. <laughs> when they saw that like i was like oh man like that was one of the coolest feelings uh seeing that in the theater and just like it it was it was like being at a sporting event people were into it (laughs) It like so into that that sequence but you know and and just the fact that like the one of the climaxes is a poker game and they make it interesting right you know like yeah i i i love casino royale top to bottom Goldeneye is a great one too. Clifton, I love that one. And yeah. I think this is another one where, where like I think the movies really shine like with with a guy's first outing with a certain with an actor's like first outing where it is mm-hmm. sort of like like a re uh or a reinvention of of the formula again. Interestingly enough, both of those were d- directed by the same guy. Oh, okay. Um I'm blanking on the guy's name. Martin did Green Lantern also. Right. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He did the <laughs> he did the the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern film. Yeah. Martin Campbell. Okay. There we yeah. go. Yes. Martin Campbell. Okay. All right. Favorite actor to play Bond. Who was the best Bond? Hmm. I'm actually gonna go with uh Daniel Craig. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna go with the newest take. How come? I mean, part of it has to do with the stories that he was able to tell, but um I mean, it's just the stories that they wanted to tell with the character at, at, during his run, like Skyfall, where mm-hmm. we get you know, a little more depth. We get a little more vulnerable of a James Bond who's 
you know, losing a lot of, you know, getting a lot of stuff taken away from him. And, mm-hmm. and I do like seeing that. So, I mean, that's just an av- uh, advantage he has from that. That was the stories he had to work with, but I do think he's a yeah. great actor. And I do think he does give James Bond that depth of character where he's, where, he, I mean, it's just a little more layered, I think, than, um, than I've seen with some of the other Bonds and he, and he plays it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skyfall feels like it could have been, it would have been like somebody's last Bond movie, mm-hmm. right? Like the the stakes in that one feel so much bigger for some reason than some of the other ones. Right, right. Like, and it's just funny that it's like, it's like in the middle of his run, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's the third one. Um, but yeah, Skyfall is a special one. I do uh, like I, I I have a very special place for that in my in my heart. I love Skyfall a lot. But so so one vote for Craig, Tommy. I agree with um, Clifton, but we don't get any of that without Connery. Connery gives okay. us the uh, the foundation, the foundation that <laughs> they all pull from. Um, now, mind you, I grew up on Moore, and mm-hmm. earlier on, you couldn't tell me that Connery is worth a damn <laughs> because <laughs> I just love Moore. But after looking at it and then realizing that Moore came on the twilight of his career on um the James Bond films, like um, it's Connery. Um, Connery was at the uh, peak of his, I guess, life when he does the James Bond films. It brings mm. the books to life. It, it, it makes him a star, an uh, international star. Connery. Connery brings everything to life and everything is just six degrees from it at that point afterwards. Now, mind you, I love Craig, but nah, Connery mm. is the archetype from which they pull from. I like it. Frank, what's yours? I'm going the Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I always like the idea of, yes. Because he did Moonraker. <laughs> well, there's that. That's part of it. And Fear Eyes Only and some other ones. But no, I like the idea of, you know, there's a little bit of that wink, you know, the camera with, with Roger Moore, the idea of like, yeah, this is all fun and it's a romp and it's, it's absurd. But come along with me and enjoy this as opposed to don't yeah. wrong, I love Daniel Craig. I like the, the, the edgier, you know, the, the fight in the stairwell, you know, that mm-hmm. bit in, in, in Casino Royale is the one I'm like, oh, it's like, God, that's that's more like what it would actually be like, you know. But I, I no, I, I always liked the fact that Roger Moore was again, it might have just been the, the, the kid in me for discovering Bond at that point. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Roger Moore. Mm hmm. I'll gi- I'll give you another good fight though that holds up from the early ones when I when I was watching from Russia with Love which, mm-hmm. which is another like really really underrated one sure. uh, the second one uh, Connery's Connery's also second one obviously because it was the second one he did but the fight on the train with um uh, Robert Shaw okay oh my god that fight is awesome still like to this day like it's so grubby and mm-hmm. it's one of those that like it, it you know um doesn't look choreographed or anything like that. It's just, a, it's a, it's an awesome like sequence. It still holds up. I think, uh, and yeah. I, I think it's a really, really good movie that I want to shout out to. Um, I think they all did things well and they all had strengths. And, you know, I think Connery had a, had a cockiness, uh, mm-hmm. an arrogance to him that was, that was cool, but came off as charming. And I think the closest we got to somebody pulling that off again was Brosnan honestly mm. I thought that I thought that he had he had a little bit of a <laughs> of a cockiness to him that I thought 
um, worked nicely. But, um, you know, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go with Craig. I love the Daniel Craig ones. I really, really do. Even even the ones that are, you know, like Spectre is, you know, has some nice moments to it, but ultimately it just kind of like, eh. And Quantum of Solace <laughs> is, a, is a weird one, but again, has some really nice bits to it. But he still did like two of my all-time favorites. He still did, I, you know, maybe three when we see this, this next one. Uh, I hope three. I hope he did three because um, I, I really enjoyed his run. I really, really did. So I hope I hope this next one is uh, as good as some of the other ones that, you know, his, his high points. So, okay, so we're going to end on, uh, on one last one. That's fun. Who should play James Bond next? Hmm. Dev Patel. <laughs> Dev Patel. Okay. This is an essay question. Why? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, sorry. From, from what? What do we know him from? I mean, his breakout role is um, Slumdog Millionaire. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's seen to be a leading man. He's done opposite films. He's suave when he needs to be. Have you seen the recent? Most recently, The Green Knight, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, he's nice in The Green Knight. That just shows that he's uh, a capable actor of pulling off, um, I won't say action sequences, but uh, 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 steel looks and gazes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've seen mm-hmm. The Green Knight, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I think he's a young actor to watch, and his potential hasn't been fully tapped. I think he has the uh, breakout role to be the first non-white James Bond. Um, right. And, yeah, no, I would love to see... Uh, um, a man of color do it, but I'd rather be Dev Patel. And he is—he's bigger than you think, too. No, he comes with—he comes with a fan. I mean, club. like when I he's saw tall. him on the newsroom. Yeah, when I saw him on the newsroom around the rest of that cast, I'm like, I'm like, man, Dev Patel's big. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he was on Skins. Yeah, like he's the tall. British the British teen show. He yeah. was—he was on the original cast of Skins, and he was with Nicholas Holt, who you know mm-hmm. was Tony Stone on there, and. And Nicholas Holt is tall, and he was almost mm-hmm. as tall. Yeah. So, yeah. Give him a chance. He has a look. And he's yeah. not old. No, he's not. He's not old, too, I think. Uh, well, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till my turn. But, yeah, no, good pick. I like Dev Patel a lot. There is a contingent. I have seen a contingent online that is, that is campaigning for him on his behalf. Okay. So there's some people out there demanding it. Yeah, we should we should also point out that uh, you know Vegas is uh, you know offering bets on this, <laughs> right? And I ha- and I did see that Dev Patel was on the list, uh, not okay. getting the best odds on it. I mean, there oh. was you know for the longest time it was Tom Hardy at the top, right? Um, might might still be at the top once again. Um, mm-hmm. He was um, he was dethroned by by um, uh, the guy from uh, um, Bridgerton. The guy. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's oh, a yeah. good yeah, he's a good Yeah, role like he was he was so so he was the guy that dethroned Tom Hardy's the top runner in Vegas for a little while. Okay. But I think Tom Hardy uh took it back. Yeah, I mean just thinking about though, like I, I still I actually haven't thought of one yet. But just one thing to think about it is that like sometimes it works best if it's an actor like Pierce Brosnan is is everybody thought Pierce Brosnan should be James Bond, I think. And it didn't mm-hmm. work out for him at one point. It went to Timothy Dalton. Then later he got another chance because Pierce Brosnan had been very big before Timothy Dalton took over the role, Remington Steele and all that. <laughs> and like he was, he was a known entity and everyone's like, oh yeah, like he's, he's British. He's got black hair. He can be James Bond. But then you got Daniel Craig that came out of nowhere 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody, you know, thought of as being James Bond until he no, was James no. Bond. No, there was a lot of pushback at first when he was cast. There was. Right, like, I don't yeah, a lot of Bond. people were really mad. <laughs> Yeah. He, said he, didn't have the, yeah. he, did, he was blind. He didn't have the look. He was looked like right. you know, mm-hmm. looked like he had, you know got boxed around a couple times. But right. yeah. yeah, he was he was definitely rough and tumble right. compared to some of the others. So yeah, like it's it's hard for me to think of what angle to go with it if it because I feel like like kind of Tom Hardy's got qualities of Daniel Craig, but also he's been around long enough that you're like yeah, like it would be easy for him to be Bond because he's he does action movies and he's British. So I don't know. It's it's trickier. Mm-hmm. Like I do like the Dev Patel because that's a like comes out of nowhere, and you're like, yeah, I would like what I would like to see what he does with it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm torn on that. So we'll give you some more time to think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Frank, do you got yours? I believe I do. Okay. And it's one of those things where I didn't think about it until I thought about it. I was like, oh, I would really kind of like to see that. I'd like to see Fastbender as Bond. Okay. Very nice. How come? Uh, I think, I mean, watching him in, in, in different things, but watching him in some of the scenes where he confronts the German, like when he confronts the Germans in, um, uh, was it days of future past? And he doesn't really do oh, okay. a whole lot. He doesn't do a whole lot with his powers at that point as Magneto. He's sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, the tension builds and, and you're waiting for him to do something cool or do something, you know, with, you know, as Magneto. I just think he's, he's a really intense actor that a lot of stuff goes on under the surface. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times yeah. with Bond, with that polish, there's that, there, that I think Daniel Craig had a lot of that too, which mm-hmm. is, you know, on the surface until the, the, you know, Daniel Craig seemed very comfortable being in those suave moments. And then when it was time for the intense violence, <laughs> he could flip that switch. <laughs> yeah. And I think Fastbender has that too. I mean, granted, it would be almost like the same thing he does too. I think a similar thing, but I would, I think I would, that's, that's my choice. I'd like to see that happen. I think I think you've gotten glimpses of it with Fastbender and other in other movies too. Where like you you look at you look at him in first class, and like he wears a suit well, yeah, looks good, right? Like, no, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, looks, think, I don't looks, think that part he'd have any trouble that stuff. with. Yeah, I don't think the no, polish part would work. And if you ever watch the Soderbergh Hay, Haywire Soderbergh movie uh, Haywire, like he mm-hmm. can get physical too. Like he could do a fight scene, um, right. and and it looks good. I think uh, no, he's he's a, he's a really really good pick, I think, uh, and one that doesn't get talked about a lot, and it surprises me. To yeah, be perfectly like, honest, like, like I, I said, think, I, I think he'd be really great. Until I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Why wouldn't why wouldn't his name be higher up and then running? Mm-hmm. He's a good age for it too. Yeah, Clifton, you ready? You want me to go, or or you got yours? I'll go. I'm gonna go with uh, another one, like. It's- He's at the point where it would be like there's people campaigning, there's people in been years campaigning uh, for him, and he's got qualities. He's a little older than <laughs> than some of the people starting as Bond, but it's Idris Elba. Okay, I'm like I, I, I'm 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 going for Idris Elba on this one, and I sure. do like it, especially after seeing um, the Suicide Squad. Like I think he can bring something interesting to it. He's a great one. I think yeah. there's there's um. There's a lot on my list. Um, <laughs> Idris Elba, I think. I th- I think the issue with Idris Elba and the issue with Fastbender is is that I I think you're not buying yourself as much time with the role because you're mm. casting people that are that are similar in age to Craig, and Craig is sort of like like they're like he's getting up there, and 
you know, not, I mean, he looks, he really honestly hasn't aged <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, much. He looks the same. Right. He looks exactly the same, but like, but you know, he, you know, it, it is interesting to kind of, you know, you hear Batista talk about this playing Drax and Guardians where he's like, at a certain point, like it gets hard to do like these no shirt scenes. Right. Sure. <laughs> you like, know what like, I mean? Would these people be doing it for the next 15 years like Craig did? Like Daniel yeah. Craig did? That's yeah, a good question. Exactly. And, and I, I, I don't know that you're getting that with Idris Elba or Fastbender. Not, not, not to, not to poo poo on your guys' picks because they're both right. on my list also, and I think that they would be awesome. And, right. and I actually am kind of dying to see like, like an old man Bond movie. Okay. <laughs> you know, not, not counting Never Say Never Again when Connery picked it back up in the '80s for a minute. But, you, know, you know, what I'm talking about like kind of a No yeah. Country for Old Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so I have, like I said, I have a couple, but um, one kind of like really at it from left field. I w- I'll go with Marwan Kanzari. He's okay. Dutch. Um, I know, I know, people aren't going to recognize the name, but if you saw the Guy Ritchie Aladdin movie, he plays Jafar. Okay, right, and he's that. a guy like like you know if <laughs> if you if you see him on like Pinterest and stuff like that, like you know on the red carpet and stuff like the guy wears the suit really really well, and I think <laughs> I think like I think he could do like the charming stuff, uh, and he would just be I, I think he would be awesome. I think he'd be a really really good one from left field that really nobody really knows about. Um. But I think the one that honestly I'm gonna go with is Henry Golding. Okay, yeah. Who was Snake Eyes most right, recently right. in, in okay, the Snake yeah. Eyes movie? But you know, um, when when I saw those trailers for the Gentleman, another Guy Ritchie movie, which, I mean that that may be just the he he may be the director I most want to do one of these also. <laughs> um, right. But I just think Henry Golding would just be so perfect for it. I just like he looks right, to right. kind of have everything like he could do the physical. He's yeah. good looking. He's young. You could probably get 12 years out of him. Right. Um, he could be charming. Uh, and it's also like, you know, it's 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 evolving. It's evolving the character. Too. Yeah. So he's my pick. Um, OK, this is fun. This is fun. Thanks, guys, for doing it. I've been wanting to do a Bond episode forever. I've been bringing it up for like a year. So, <laughs> so this is really, really cool. So uh, we want to hear from you guys. Tell us your thoughts on James Bond. Hit us up in the comments or on Twitter. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on let me know how it is.com. So please remember to like us and follow us on social media and we will see you guys next time. 